Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the work with me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vegan Business Talk. I'm your host, Katrina Fox, and today I am joined by Bonnie Brown, the co-founder of Passion Placement, and we have a last-minute guest, her co-founder, Paul Turcott. Now, Bonnie is a senior-level executive and entrepreneur with over 25 years' experience in finance management, information systems, and business leadership. She's a CPA with extensive experience working with publicly traded expensive. That was kind of a Freudian slip with CPA, wasn't it? Extensive experience working with publicly traded companies, private firms and startups. Bonnie's the founder and chief financial officer at Passion Placement, a new employment platform focused on connecting people with mission-driven organizations doing work that matters to them. Passion Placement creates curates every job that the platform posts to make sure member companies are in support of sustainable living, animal advocacy, or creating alternatives to animal-based products. Bonnie, welcome to the show. And also, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. So tell me, first of all, why did you decide to start Passion Placement? So really, it grew out of my frustration. I was, I was a, you know, a CPA and a, and a CFO for many years. And, and I really decided one day I, I needed to stop, you know, doing what I'm doing and get back into, um, you know, doing what matters to me or doing what I what my skills are, but for a company that is aligned with with my values, which was taking animals out of the supply chain. And, um, you know, really, I that's that's my purpose in life. That's, I think, why I was born was to do something for the animals. So um, I started looking for positions of, you know, accounting CFO positions. And, and it was, ter- it was really difficult. There was no place to go to find these positions. I had to, you know, figure out which companies fit my mission and you know, write that list down and check their websites every week to see if they had a role for me. And it, it was just painful. And so Paul, being the serial entrepreneur in this relationship, he he just said, you know, if you're the one, you're not the only one having this problem. And so maybe we should create it. And and that's why we created it. Well, how long did it take to create? Because I know it's quite new. It's recently, fairly recently launched. Um, how long did it take to put it all together? 
It took, oh, I would say um, maybe maybe close to two years because mm-hmm. we had to, you know, we had to find a developer. There's a there's a lot of boxed job boards out there that are easy to just, you know, get them started in a month. Yep. But we had, I, I wanted this to be a place for, you know, thousands of jobs, not just, you know, a, you know, a hundred jobs. I wanted it to be the place for people to go. And so we had a, a, a vision of what we wanted. And, and so we found a developer that would write it in WordPress. And, and so that's what we did. It took a, quite some time to, to yeah. make that happen. That's great because I know you've touched on it there because obviously there are you know there are some some other uh, jobs platforms now um, that have been launched that are global um, as well as you know vegan recruitment company vegan HR company it's kind of all happening which is exciting how is passion placement different I know you've touched on it I wonder if you can expand a little bit on how is it different to other jobs platforms so so we are you know we're we're our idea is to have it all in one place and, and be, you know, front and center where the, the other platforms are more, um, you know, it's, they've got a following. And so they also have a job board, you know, because it, it's, but it's, an add-on. It, it's an add on to what they're really doing. Um, and passion placement more is how we're leading. And so it's, it's become more of a, um, it's a place where people, come to be coached so the candidates can come to us and and the candidates are awesome you know I, I get to talk to people that are mission aligned with me every day and and that's like that's part of my joy because now now I'm not you know the vegan in the room at a company I get to talk to people that are you know vegan every day and um, and they're passionate about it so um, so we do a lot of coaching to help people find their positions um, and you know we we do have the the thousand jobs right now about a thousand jobs on our site which you know nobody else is is even close to that um you know we've got a lot of work to do to get more because there's there's so many companies out there that you know for us to get get them all we still have a lot of work to do yeah yeah for sure yeah being you know you know when when you look at global i mean where we're at right now we're there's a blessing in the, the the whole covid thing created such a um, large number of remote jobs. Mm. And so we're able, you know, we have, we have a fellow we work with in, in, in Singapore and, you know, we're able to reach out and do some work globally through that uh, remote connection. Cause we're not really in, you know, we haven't, we haven't really uh, gotten into any, any market outside of the U S and Canada and in, in a meaningful way, meaning into the neighborhoods or into the, you know, into the uh, cities and towns and so forth. So that's that's obviously going to take a little bit of work. And, and we, we also have a talent database, which is, you know, people come to our site, candidates, and they upload their resumes. And we have people coming and uploading resumes every day. Um, it makes me happy every day. <laughs> and, and um, you know, they'll upload their resume and put in, you know, they enter a profile. And employers that are members on our site can actually search that database. So they can be sur- sourcing their their candidates, their applicants right from our site. Um, and we also can do that, um, you know, for, for uh, employers that want us to do it for them. 
Okay, so let's talk about how the platform works. So how does it work in terms of if you're a job seeker, are there fees for job seekers? Are there fees for employers? Like, how does it work? Because I, I you know how I'm guessing I know this is called passion placement, but I'm assuming it's not a passion project, you've turned it into a business. So how does it work in order for you to make it financially sustainable? It's a bit of a passion project. <laughs> um, it, so there are no fees to the candidate, except if they're coming for coaching, and that's on an hourly basis. So what we we do the first 20 minutes of an initial consultation with anybody, and, and after that, then it's an hourly rate. Um, and and so and in, in those hourly rates, I you know I can help them with their resume. I can help them find themselves. You know, a lot of them are they're just trying to find what what is it that I'm good at. You know, it's amazing. Every every conversation is different. Um, so that's the only way that a candidate would pay is is if they wanted some specific coaching. Employers are buying membership plans. So and the membership plans are really dependent on how many jobs they think they're going to need to fill in a year or or in you know six months. They're they're I think relatively inexpensive plans and some of them give them um, access to the resume database. Um, and and we also will do their sourcing in our resume database for them. We'll, we'll do applicant um, screening for them. We're, we're really trying to help the employer be streamlined and, and be efficient in their hiring process and let them get back to doing the job that they're trying to do, which is take animals out of the supply chain. We want to take that off of their plate and, and you know, let them be efficient. So, so there's different plans from a basic pay to advertise the job, and then it kind of goes up from there depending on the kind of uh, help that they need from you right yep. exactly gotcha gotcha okay and um did you say are they mainly u.s jobs or u.s based jobs or uh, it, it, it's it's u.s and canada right now based in the u.s and canada we do have um someone in singapore but um that and, one's sort of a and remote jobs can and, be and remote and jobs, remote can jobs be in, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, got it. Right. So, we had to start somewhere. Of course, yeah. of course, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so tell us about, you say you've got a thousand jobs. I mean, that's pretty cool considering you are, yeah, it's only US and Canada. Obviously, I'm saying only, obviously, US and Canada is big, but still a thousand jobs, yeah. you know, for, for just cool. those markets alone, I think is is, is great. Um, tell us a little bit about the types of jobs that you're typically seeing being advertised at the moment. What are employers looking for at the moment? So there, it's a huge range. You know, there's there's an awful lot of marketing positions that I'm seeing coming up and HR positions, which I, I think is interesting. People are hiring. Um, there, there's one company that's hiring compensation analysts. Oh, um, mm. Yeah, that's that was a new specialist. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and people that are bringing in in-house recruiting. Um, but a lot of it, I, I am finding a lot of marketing jobs and social media, digital mm. marketing. Um, that's that's a that's a pretty common one, and and uh, works well with remote as well. So. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. for sure. So when you say there's a lot of marketing, so is it is it more kind of that mid level or you know because I know like with some jobs boards like it's a real mishmash like it could be anything from a kitchen hand through to you know a, a almost not quite maybe a C suite but potentially. So are you yes. seeing that kind of like are, are, is your platform open to anyone like you know at 
you know, I don't want to use levels in a, a derogatory <clears throat> sense, but do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, yeah. from something like kitchen hand through to C-suite, like does your platform accommodate for that or are you targeting more at kind of almost mid-level management type positions? No, we're, we're targeting everything. So we have volunteer positions. We have entry-level positions, all skill levels, and really all, it runs the gamut of job type. So, you know, there's accounting and finance in there because, you know, that's what I gravitate to. And, you know, there's there's scientists, there's engineers, there's there's everything you can think scientists. of. Yeah, um, everything. Um you well, know, people are looking for, when you when you say more scientists, Paul. Sorry to interrupt, Bonnie. Did you yeah. mean there's more a candidates uploading, or there's more employers looking for like, looking food for them? Food scientists a lot. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, but yeah, and we have all the way. You know, we even include board seats. So you know, it's it's oh. everything. Contractors. You know, we're we're allowing you know anybody that wants to jump in and and help the cause is uh, is welcome. Wow, yeah. gosh, it's so exciting because, like, you know, just a few years ago, you, you know, you just wouldn't have this. You know, there'd be people, you know, obviously more people are wanting to get into this space, but also more people are looking for all these different types of jobs. I think it's really exciting. What types of positions do you anticipate will become more in demand in the future? I, I'm seeing a lot of, as people think about bringing their workforce back, they're thinking about hybrid jobs. So, you know, partially work from home, partially in the office type of positions. So in having that flexibility, I think we've we've really gained that. That's That's been a positive from COVID where, you know, employers see the value in having a little bit of home time and a little bit of uh, in the office time. And, you know, the maybe more surprising is that in the office time, people miss that. Mm-hmm. And so you lose, you know, you really have to value your culture and you need it. You need to be in the office sometimes. So um, you know, I think we we can we can we can do a lot on Zoom, but you know, sometimes you just need to be in person. Yeah. So, but employers are are now wrestling with that model of you know doing that hybrid type position. Mm. And it's interesting. We're talking about remote because obviously that has become in twenty twenty the the way of working. And I know. And I agree that I think it's split down the middle. There's people as employees who are keen to get back in the office because they miss that whole vibe. And then there's other employees who are loving working remote and don't want to go back. Um, But it's interesting one in terms of what about, for example, so say somebody wants to hire somebody and it's a fully remote position and the candidate may be in another country. Um, Can you talk us through a little bit about what do they need to be aware of in terms of like the legal and financial implications of that? Oh, yes. So there can be, if if you're hiring somebody in another country, a lot of times, if you're just growing into that country, a lot of times um, it's easier to just hire a PEO, um, a professional employment organization. they're, they're global PEOs. And so you, you just go to them and it's like leasing employees so that the employee gets their paycheck from them, that they make sure they keep up with all the, the payroll laws and that, you know, the benefits laws and, you know, all of the, all of the things that you have to keep up with um, on the HR side. And so uh-huh. you, you basically hire through them 
you know, oh, you're using that organization yeah. to do your HR function essentially. And so they do, they do the tax filings for you. Right. And, and, and then so you, you ease wouldn't into it. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't, you don't, wouldn't necessarily recommend someone try to hire someone as an employee if they're in another country. But what about if they're a contractor with that? Contractors work. are fine. Yep, that would work fine. Yeah, and that's I, I have told people that that's the better way to go. If you you know you have to make sure you don't break the independent contractor rules, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, but you know, it, if you're going to try to hire somebody in another country, you have to you have to deal with the fact that they are you know under different laws. So you know you have to be careful with that, and so you either do it through the PEO or you do independent contractor and that takes sort of, sort of takes the laws off of yeah. off the table. And I think it depends on the number of hours and stuff as well, doesn't it? Or if you, I don't think you can employ someone full time as a contractor, I guess it's all in the wording, but that's obviously, I guess, something that you help people with or can advise them or put them on to people who can advise them about that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's just an interesting one because I know I've seen a lot of people who are just suddenly the job market's open. You know, if, if they can do it from home and from a laptop, suddenly, you know, the, the vegan and plant based business world has opened up to them even more in terms yeah. of, of um, employment opportunities. So, yes. talk us through. I know you offer some coaching in this year that you mentioned. Can you give us a few tips on um, both to employers and also employers on the application and interview process? What can they do to? each of them do to maximize uh, a beneficial outcome for everyone? For, for candidates on the applicant process, I, I think what they really need to do is make sure their passion comes through. That is their differentiator. That's, you know, these plant-based companies are looking for people that really believe in the mission. And, and so they would hire somebody with that passion, whether, you know, with, they'd hire a vegan that is passionate about it before they would hire a non-vegan. So that passion has to come out and be sincere. Um, and I think that that's, that's, you know, um, one bit of advice that I would, I would give to, to people looking for, for, um, that position or, or position with a mission aligned company. Um, for, for companies, I think they really need to focus on their culture and make mm -hmm. sure when they're hiring, they, they're hiring people that fit their culture. So that, that goes hand in hand with making sure they, they are aligned with the mission. Um, but also, you know, they need to get these people, the, the candidates in a room with several people within the company, you know, maybe even ask the same questions of that person, get a feel for who they are, you know, and make sure that they really feel comfortable that they're going to be, they'll fit with the culture. So, you know, that as you grow, that's the hardest thing to keep together. Is there, like, I know you talked about, you know, some companies anyway will like to employ vegans, but certainly with some of the bigger, like, plant-based brands, they're quite happy to have non-vegans with massive experience, like, especially if they're coming from, like, corporates, you know, like, big corporate companies, because then they get that expertise. So, you know, actually having, whether the person's vegan or not, you know, they're not that, you know, as long as they're keen to move into the plant-based space, uh, you know, or the mission-driven space and share their expertise, not necessarily a requirement for some of those uh, bigger brands that the person is vegan. So on your job site, like, do you allow people who are not vegan or not yet vegan to, you know, apply and upload and 
you know, be Absolutely. part of the process. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. We, we do focus also on people that are environmentalists, yep. you know, because really someday they need to, you know, come to terms with the fact that you can't not be vegan. You know, everybody has a journey <laughs> and we want to meet them wherever they are. We don't want to be exclusionary. And so, you know, I, I think we, we tried to do a good job of being include, inclusive on our site and not come up. I'm not sure we use the word vegan much at all, if right. at all, on the right. site. Um, but, you know, people that are working to take animals out of the supply chain, people that care about the environment and sustainability, you know, that those are the people that we want coming to our site. That's cool. cool. So on that, I'm curious then, what about if it's a corporate company that has maybe got a plant or they want to, you know, they have a plant-based section. So then maybe they've got plant-based products and they want to hire someone to look after like the plant-based um, aspect or, you know, section of that, but they're not necessarily the most ethical company in the world in regards to people or the planet. How would you, given that you screen the jobs, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm just curious, how would you handle it? Because, and there's no, you know, not necessarily a wrong answer. I'm just curious. Like, do you say, okay, yeah. they're moving in the right direction here. They're really rubbish over here, but you know, they are looking for someone to work in, with their plant-based products. We'll put the job on the site. Um, what, what, how would you handle that situation? Yeah. Let me just say one thing that there's more and more of that happening. You see, you know, you see these big meat packers, you know, coming into the picture and suddenly they're they're setting up divisions with plant based foods. They see that there's something going on there. The, the movement really has has taken hold and and really around around the health of the planet. So um it's 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 going to be in the mix. You're going to have that. You're going to have to work with that, and um, you know you make your judgments as you go. It's very challenging, but I think I think leaving the door open is better than being too restrictive because we the mission is really to make this happen. You know mm -hmm. to, to to move 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 to a plant based uh, platform food system. Yeah, and it would be a, a goal to have those companies. You know, see the see the value in plant based. Yeah. Um, in in the you know that they can be profitable with that. So the more we help them to be profitable on that side of the business, the better off we are. Yeah. yeah. You, have, you have entrepreneurs as well coming into the mix because it's such a hot topic. All of a sudden, they say, "Oh, I can I can put a product together and get in on this." You know, so you have people who have no interest in animals or plants or any of that jumping into the game as well recently. So. Something yeah, else to keep true. an eye on. That's true, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you say you vet the companies, so even if the company is doing, you know, some things where they are exploiting or using animals in one part of their business, as long as they've got a specific section that is yeah. for plant and the job is for that, rather than yeah. say, because, you know, you might have a, some, a company that says it's sustainable or eco-friendly, but maybe it's, I don't know, using sheep's wool or something. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you wouldn't approve yeah. that. But right. if they said, right, we're also, we're starting this branch of our brand, which is focused on non-animal-based materials, and we want someone to work there, then you would allow the job to go through am i yes that yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. awesome yeah. okay just wanted to clarify yes. oh, wonderful now as an accountant bonnie uh, and a you know finance expert with many many years of experience um what are some of the key mistakes that uh you see business owners make just within their operations um, along those lines and what should they do instead so the the biggest mistake that i see is 
with founders, entrepreneurs trying to do everything themselves. So they, they, you know, I think it's so common. They try to do it all and, you know, they're bootstrapping themselves, trying to, trying to make every penny count. Um, and so I understand where it's coming from. Um, but, you know, some, at some point for the company to flourish, you need to step back and go, I need somebody to be doing, you know, I'm not an accountant. I need somebody to do this for me. And, you know, time and time again, I'll step into a company and they will have, you know, bought, a, a you know, QuickBooks, you know, general ledger and, and they're starting to do their own accounting work and they don't know. They don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, I get called <laughs> to save it. So, or, you know, to put it back on track. So, I'm laughing as you say that because when we first came to Australia, it'd be nearly 20 years ago now, we came from the UK and we set up our first business. I was doing that. I was using something, we have something here called my or myob and i was doing all that and i would do it at the end of each quarter like i couldn't even bear to like go in and do it all each day so i would leave everything to the because each quarter yeah. you have to put in these gst return so i would be doing it and then we would hire someone who was like a sort of kind of bookkeeper consultant then they would come in and kind of fix my mess and spend <laughs> like a day with me to kind of unravel and my head would be and i just got so i was so stressed by it that the best thing we did obviously we still had we had an account because my, my partner Tracy's had business over the years so she was always like you know you always have an accountant don't speak to the tax people directly yourself um, right. but the biggest um, you know or one of the biggest things we did that was so good for our business was hiring a bookkeeper to just do all that kind of numbers stuff so I'm laughing when you <laughs> brilliant now I know you mentioned so obviously Bonnie you've you, you you're Chief, you've been a chief financial officer and, and you, like you say, you step into companies, you do those remote positions. So you don't necessarily go in and have to be an employee. You can do it on a, like a contractual basis. Given that the plant-based space is growing, the vegan business space is growing so much now, we're seeing so many companies getting, you know, funding, getting investment. Why is it, is it important for a business to have a CFO, a chief financial officer? And at what stage do you recommend a business have someone like that? Like, does it depend on how many employees they've got? Like, you know, the size of the business, the turnover? What, what advice can you offer there? It's really more about the strategy, the future of the company. So you need a CFO, definitely, if you're going to raise money. And, um, you know, so the, that's where the startups, you know, they're trying to do it all themselves. And really, they would be wise to have a fractional CFO, an outsourced CFO on the team um, to help them along, because that gives investors a lot of comfort. Um, you know, and, and it also helps them with their strategic direction. It helps them with their projections, creating financial statements and all of those things that you hated doing. And so... At that point, when you're raising money, you really need a CFO. If you're a privately held company, you're you're not going to raise money. Um, you have no bank debt. You know you, you really don't need a, a finance person. Then you could you could get along with a controller and then maybe a CAO, um, and and be fine with that. But what's well, so a CAO? Is that chief accounting officer? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just clarifying because I know some of the terms might be slightly different for international audiences. When you said PEO, I didn't know what they went. We used to call them temp agencies, you know, or just employment agencies like in the UK yeah. or Australia. But, okay, great. So definitely if you're, yeah, you're looking to raise 
funds of any kind have some and, and it's great that you can offer like you don't have to employ somebody full time to do that you can have what you called a fractional CFO which is basically an outsource so the the CFO would be a contractor essentially and you'd either pay for a yeah. certain number of hours or something like that right right because it's it's an important role it's an expensive role and so you want to make sure when you do hire that full-time person, you have the money to do it and you can hire the person you want. So it's really a good use of your money in the beginning is to just have a fractional CFO. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you're going to go public and, you know, I've, I've done that, I've taken companies public. And so I've, I've done the raise in private money. I've done the raise in public money. And, you know, once you're public, it's really a good idea to have an in-house CFO because you've, you've right. got to be talking to investors all the time. And a lot of that person's job is investor relations. So that, you know, that, that sort of changes the game. Once you're there, you, you kind of need it. Right. It's, it's interesting. It sort of started a, a, a different trail for us and Bonnie's involvement in working with, with some of these entrepreneurs and helping them with their companies. And, and uh, you know, we got a couple of minutes so. Maybe now's a good time to, to share with you a little, little bit of exclusivity here. Yes, I know. I heard you're going to announce you heard it here first. Fabulous. Um, I love that. And a little bit of exclusivity. That was going to be my final question. What are your plans for the future? That was going to be my way of leading in, but you've segued beautifully, Paul. So Thank take you. it away. You're going to um, announce something which is in, I guess, complements passion placement. So Absolutely. And passion placement will, will really be be a part of this newer entity. Uh, we've created a company called New Earth Partners, and um, that that is providing outsourced fractional services. Uh, Bonnie, of course, with her with her uh, experience bringing that to bear in the in the plant based arena. There's nothing like this going on right now. There's such a need for it. That's what we found that there really is a is a, a demand and. Uh, so we're, you know, I have a lot of HR experience, of course, as a, as a CFO, she has as well. And so, so we've decided to to set this up, and we're we're planning to bring this to publicly announce it in the next uh, probably next couple of weeks, I think, yeah. uh, at this point. But we're very excited about it, and and uh, you know, the the passion placement piece fits in beautifully with the HR component in 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 all that we're doing. So um, there it so is. With new, so you with New Earth first. Partners, so with New <laughs> Earth Partners, you're basically offering fractional, um, like things like HR services um, yeah. and uh, and accounting and and those kind of operational type um, roles that people may need that may not be able to afford to hire a person, Correct. you know, full time, but can kind of almost like it's almost like an a la carte service in some ways, and it's like like yeah. you can ha have somebody there, and I think that's important, as you say, you know, particularly with you know as companies start to grow and you start to hire people you know I mean I just know from running you know our business when we first got you know just hiring employees and all the the legal yes. stuff the OH&S stuff if you've got a physical location you know all the the thing it can be quite complex and like you say with one person trying to do it all it can be quite difficult so I think it's great that you're offering yeah. those kinds of services on an as-needed basis yeah the, 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 go ahead Bonnie sorry it also helps them to conserve cash so they don't yeah. need to hire somebody full-time you know, and they can they can figure it out when they when they need to hire that person, they can, and we can help them with that too. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's been particularly particularly um, interesting in terms of working with with really with the newer newer companies coming into the mix. It's so important to get your financials straight 
if you're going to if you're looking for 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 capital uh, anywhere, you, you know, you, if you if you go into that arena and you your valuation is way off, your you know you know uh, your 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 numbers just don't make any you know you know numbers are universal and people can read a good financial statement in any country and um, most often not not for quite frequently in U.S. dollars, but that doesn't matter. And, you know, getting that nailed down and getting that straight, it's, it's so worth the investment up front because uh, it's the future. That's what opens the door. That's uh, so true. I mean, I watch things like Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. Um, mm. and all, they, all of them like, say, you know, that one of the main criticisms they have of the contestants is your valuation is way too high. Yeah. Where did you get this from? And it, it get, gets them on the wrong, you know, in the wrong vibe to, to you know, give the, yep. the contestants investments. So I think you're right. That's really important things. And not everyone has those skills. You know, they, it is a particular skill yep. set. You know, I mean, yeah, most people can maybe do basic numbers, but when it gets kind of complicated, complex like that and these systems uh you know i think you've got to kind of go to your strengths and hire those who are better at you know numbers and figures for example than, yes. than you are and so i think it's great that you're offering these services like you say on a uh, an as-needed basis so how very exciting so you heard it here first on vegan business talk <laughs> new earth partners and the website for that is newearthpartners.com um, and you can find out more about passion placement at passionplacement.com if you're watching this episode that is scrolling along the bottom of your screen and if you're listening to the audio that you can find the links to both of those on the show notes page for this episode. Bonnie and Paul, it's been lovely speaking with you. I'm really excited. I'm loving seeing these new innovations and services that are, are coming about for mission-driven uh, brands, and particularly, you know, you're both vegan yourself. I think it's wonderful. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank for you. having us. It was our pleasure. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 